Hey guys, the dust is settling on the teen competition The Crown. And whilst we wait for the documentary to be produced, I have some audio to keep you entertained. I sat down with coach John Singleton to debrief on the weekend and how he felt it had gone. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Finally, we've reached it. Yeah. The only thing left to do is stick a crown on the head of a teen athlete. Yeah. And I want to say congratulations because this is exactly what you said it was going to be. You said it was going to be epic. <laughs> yeah. And it was. Yeah. How do you feel? I'm, uh, I'm really happy. You know, like, I didn't know how it was going to go. <laughs> now we can say that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, we've... Like, it's, it's kind of like a new concept. And so you never know how these things are going to play out. And I think one of the big things is that for years, you know, pushing on like 10 years now, like multiple times a year run elite camps, you know, with games athletes of all levels, semis camp and camps. And actually, I think that was one of the biggest things that the experience of all of those aspects really helped develop this uh, concept the things that you were saying before mm. about making the experience unique mm. and making the, the people that you invited feel special having now spoken to pretty much all of them you have achieved that mm. because everybody i spoke to has said that they've had possibly one of the best experiences of their life mm. and they're all going away friends so that's a, a huge thing to have like set out to do uh, yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I think you see it. You know, with the guys like they've uh, they found the speaker. <laughs> Where's the speaker? Mm. All right, well done. Was were on the rock place where he threw the rocks. Ah, uh, yes, good find. But you know, when this is one of the big things. Like you know, you see them. Like you know, they're all off doing whatever. Mm. You know, just making friends. And they're all chilling out now with each other. Yeah, you, you know, like what? You know what? teenagers should be doing you know mm. making friends and the good thing is like all of these people are kind of have a passion about the same thing and so they that kind of bond is there and the hope is that they realize that there's other people their age doing these things and that kind of keeps the longevity in the sport yeah i was speaking before like when we did i did some pre-interviews and one of the things i think that, that kids that are into crossfit or into any kind of sport actually find is that they can be quite misunderstood mm. Because other kids in the same class, for example, don't understand why they're going to the gym twice a day and don't understand why they don't go out and party at the weekends. Yeah. And um, so it's great for them to have met like-minded people. That That's exactly it. Yeah, that is exactly it. You're not alone in that journey. Because as you say, you know, when you get to well, 16, 17, 18, you know, friends like, hey, let's go out tonight. Let's start drinking, going to clubs, finding these social groups. And actually, you know, kids can be cruel in yeah, lots of ways. Like exactly. there's like these social pressures of like, you know, of going out and doing these things is like tough. Mm. And so I think that's like a really important component of this is going like actually, you know, it's not unnormal for others to kind of follow the same journey. And, and also then be celebrated for um, and um, encouraged 
in it as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we I think that we did manage to create that. And the other thing as well that I wanted that was important was that it wasn't just about the athletes, you know, that actually everyone involved in this felt a part of that process. Yeah. And that was also, you know, from media, judging, equipment staff was like also from the brand aspect that it wasn't like like everyone was part of that journey, not just like the athletes. It was mm. important that it was a great experience for everyone involved. So we talk about the design of the events mm. and your decisions about what you did and how or which events you decided to put on. And yeah. So day one, we started very early in the morning. Yeah, this is probably a theme. <laughs> and we went to a, a kind of trail up a hill. Yeah. With bikes from Specialized. Exactly. And um, I think you, you started off as you meant to go on, really, because that kicked butt. Quite literally, a lot of people couldn't cycle up that hill. They had to push the Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, day one, I mean, we had like 12 events over four days, which it seems like a lot. But some of the events we designed were like super low impact. You know, we threw a stone or we did a handstand hold. Um, Because actually, so a big component of programming and designing this was really to showcase rather than just beat down. You know, Mm. so many competitions now, it's like a freaking beat down. And that's, we didn't want to do that to the athletes. Like, you know, all of these guys are fit. And it's not like we wanted to turn it into a test of, like, you know, who can hold on in that fitness. We wanted it to be a supportive environment where they are kind of competing against each other. And so the first day we had the the bike, you know, which was going to be tricky. But it, in the end, it was only like 20 minutes. Mm. And that there was the challenge of you're a bit unsure on the bike. So kind of other obstacles they had to get through, not just that physical exertion. We then came back for the handstand hold, which, you know, is kind of like a predetermined skill once you come in. Like, mm. you're not going to develop that in the next three minutes when you're <laughs> so kind of told no, about the event. So, <laughs> so that was kind of like just a handstand hold, really super low impact on uh, on the body. And then we went into our first CrossFit workouts, which we designed to be more off of body dominant. We called it push-pull because of the bike in the morning. And we knew the next morning we had uh, the sand events. They'd be running. Uh, and we had the, the double under. So that was kind of the reasoning of placing the push-pull there. With the, and the next morning, again, we got up early. And we had like this 4K sandbag running on sand with the sandbag. There's irony in there. There is irony. And then you made them take them back to the car. Yeah, and they take the, the sands from the beach back to the car. Well, the sand wasn't from the beach, just to uh, <laughs> clarify that point, which is why we took it back to the I car. I think that was my, from a photographic point of view, that was the best one for me. Yeah? Yeah, and uh, because the uh, sunrise is always, you know, beautiful. Especially in that part of the island. Yeah, so that was lovely. Yeah, it was really beautiful, and I think we really captured the essence of the, the beauty. Mm. Uh, and, and we'll see kind of that through the images, through the documentary, and what's coming out. And then the next event was simply 200 drag rope double unders. Uh, one thing, one of the concepts of this is, that, you know, where I came from in my training, you know, KO Box did all those things, and they were like really rough gyms. But then my CrossFit started basically like a kettlebell in a park. Mm. And so I wanted to be able to take some of that history from the, the old school CrossFit, which was not fancy gyms, not fancy competitions, just like throwing down a car park. My first ever CrossFit competition, which was an official CrossFit competition, but then UK sectionals. We did in a car park where there was like a slanting hill. You're doing GHDs. You know, it was just like, a, you know, uh, but it was great. And, 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 you know, that's why with the, the double under event, we, you know, we just cut some rope. 
did 200 double unders. And it turned out into a great event, not because it was specifically well programmed, but just because it kind of brought that rawness there. Mm. I think it was fun as well that the media boys then had a go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and that's you know, that's part of what we just spoke about, yeah. no, that everyone's kind of a part of that. That was that, that was spontaneous as well. Yeah, it wasn't that. planned and you know, nothing you know, there's a lot of things this weekend that haven't been planned. Mm. You know, and that was a nice thing. And the athletes then judge the media guys. Like, where would you see that at a competition, you know? And it wasn't like it detracted from their performance or anything like that. It's just they no one pre planned it, no one asked them to. They just got up, started judging uh guys and then the afternoon they uh they didn't have any events yeah so basically afternoon off relax yeah and then saturday yeah so saturday um was like our full day we you know we had to we had to get like some some of the volume in to make it like a complete test Mm. we also we had the event that this was like the event that i've always wanted to do you know i just thought it'd be cool when did you first think about doing this open water event? Uh, years ago. And what was the inspiration? Or where did you get the idea? You know, from? no question. Like, like CrossFit and Castro's programming has had like a big influence on on what I've seen and the whole evolution of CrossFit. And so, you know, be it that I was standing on the pier in 2015 and watching the guy swim swim around or whatever it may be, but I just thought, you know, how cool would that be? Like, we we've done, you know, has like quite a lot of open water swimming in tough conditions not because we're great swimmers but just because it, you might have been exposed to that and you've got to remember that even though the games in california it was freaking warm mm. it's um the sea is freezing cold is it yeah it, it's like ice water Ooh. because it comes in from the um and it's all the way across from the pacific anyway it's just freaking cold that's why they get great whites there and all of those things because it's uh, cold water so even though it's super hot, the water's cold. And that's why it can be a bit more uncomfortable there. But um, I, I just thought, you know, there's that like... At what, one time, we were training for the Games, I think in like 2016. I was coaching the athletes training for the Games. And now we did the swim. We were training at... Um, I'm just going to have to... Uh, just give me a second to uh, remember the name of the gym. Uh, CrossFit Costa Mesa. Okay, where's that? Uh, California. In Los, Los Angeles, basically. Who was we? So this is when it was like Sarah Bjergvin, Steve uh, Fawcett and Phil Hesketh, who qualified for the Games that year. And then also there was a guy there. He was one, someone who worked for Progenics. And anyway, he was a surfer, but lo- like swam a lot. Mm. I went out to like his house. And then there were also the Australians there. So it was like Carl Porter, Ben Garrard, who Ricky was like not a thing at that time. It was his brother, Ben. And a few others. So it's like a big group of us. And like we swam out to this uh, island back. And, anyway, you know, so there's always been these swim events. And anyway, kind of coming back to the event, I just thought it's like, I just thought it'd be really cool just experience. In essence, I thought it was just a cool experience. So whenever do you get taken out on a boat and swim back to shore? Like when does that happen? Well, it depends where you live, I guess. But, 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 but if you're from still, Slovakia, not very often, it turns yeah, out. Even from Yorker, who does that, you know? it's uh, It depends, I guess, because I personally, my father was a diving instructor. So mm. you were talking to the wrong girl about how, who's that happened to. But did he but, swim back to shore? Yeah, because you drop the boat, you drop the anchor, and then yeah. swim back from the boat to the shore. So that's like for some people, that's not okay. like a, a huge deal. But for somebody who doesn't have access to the sea, yeah, like the majority of the well, kids, well, how, how many it's people? A huge okay, deal. how many people in Mallorca percentage wise have done that? Oh, I don't know. You know, we're, we're, we're probably talking about like point one yeah, of the population. Exactly. But it's but the other thing I think that's really interesting is that 
people assume in Mallorca that the water's warm as well. But in April, yeah. no, it's, it's not. It's not. <laughs> so it's like 15 degrees, which is cold. Yeah. It takes your breath away when you get in. So how long did it take you to plan it? The whole thing. The swimming event. The swim event. Actually, luckily, we've, you know, we have friends, believe it or not. <laughs> so uh, so certain things uh, were into place easier than others. And there was like a team that I wanted in place to make that one happen. So we got the boats from Rib Club, who a member called James uh, from the box. We then had a captain who's actually like a super yacht captain called Tristan who could drive us out. And then we also had Lorenzo, who's kind of coordinating the safety of the athletes as they're in the water. So we needed that team to to make it happen. And, and that was like the, in essence, like it actually was easy to organize because I, you know, I've probably th- had it in my head of this is what I want to do. And luckily we kind of had the good people around us in order to make it happen. And you said it was the first time in CrossFit competition history that that has happened? I believe so. I don't believe there's been an event where athletes have been taken off on a boat and had to swim back to shore. So, congrats. Yeah. History. Yeah. Yay. What would you do differently if you were to do that event again? That event? The swimming event. Would you change it in any way or is it perfect the way it is? Pretty happy with that event. Mm. You know, I think it's... It did exactly what it was supposed to do. You it know? challenged them in so many different ways. It, it challenged them in an achievable way. And I think that was the useful thing about it. You know, everyone made it, even people who were scared and, and the best swimmers won. So I think it kind of really achieved the the intended stimulus. It was interesting from my point of view because I was with the girls on the boat and one girl was really frightened, Chiara. And um, and actually it turns out that, that she wasn't the only one who was really frightened. Well, afterwards, we, we, when you and I were speaking about mm. that event... I was saying, what do you, in that situation, what do you do? Do you do you push the person who um, to to continue with what they're frightened of, or mm. do you back off? And you said, and we were talking about how tough I thought this girl had been, and then you said, who's tougher, the one who's vulnerable and crying and worrying, or the one who's silent and and not saying anything? Mm. And that's really made me think. You know, like it's really that that swimming event made me think and question so many things I thought I knew about people. Yeah, I think it's kind of a privilege. So, so one thing that's important is like during this weekend, I didn't want to coach. Mm. So I made that like clear distinction. You know, I'm not here coaching anyone. I'm just here providing a an environment for them to be able to compete. But there were instances like that where because we had people waiting, you know, we had, there was a decision that needed to be made and i suppose because of the experience so I, I feel quite privileged in a sense as a coach that people do because you're going through this physical it is also very emotional and so you're often getting exposed to these various barriers and these various obstacles that athletes have in order to get better they kind of have to go through these and, and you know i've been coaching for I, you know like 20 years or something like it's a long time like you know, i first started coaching martial arts when i was like 16 years old yeah. and and that's been like a big part of my life and i, I think you know you do hope that eventually you start to get better at it, you yeah. know, just over that accumulated amount of time. And it's not like it's like mindless work. It's been very reflective over mm. these years. And so I think it kind of helps to be able to identify like, okay, when, you know, when can you encourage someone and when can you not encourage someone? And everyone had a choice in that event. Yeah. So I think the important thing was like, everyone was like, you know, if you don't want to do this event, you don't have to, you know, it's not like you're going to be kicked out of the competition. 
you know, obviously you you won't you'll take a last place. Yeah. But you know, I think that's kind of obvious. But it's not like there's any other consequences of that. Mm. It's not that you can't continue. It's like if everyone wants to do this event, they can. If everyone doesn't want to do this event, they can't. If you want to do the event, then you need to go now. Up on the boat. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was a fascinating kind of display of human psychology. And I, I'm still trying to like figure it all out in my head. But I think that's something I've been very aware of. The 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 suffering in silence versus suffering out loud is because uh, you said I think it's an important point that like the toughness thing. Mm. You know, like who's going through what? And just because someone doesn't say they're go- not going through anything doesn't mean they they aren't. Takes me back to Sisu. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't, don't remember his name. The um, Finnish. Cross- Miko. Yes, Miko. Yeah, Zerlo. exactly. You know, like he and he wasn't. I'm really itchy and I'm being bitten. <laughs> yeah, I know. He, like, he would uh, like famously didn't show any any kind of any weaknesses, didn't he? And I think one thing that I've been and is that a competitive competitor thing. So I think it's a cultural thing, you know. Like one thing in Europe is where you get exposed to so many cultures, and I've also travelled a lot. You know, mm. I spent time in Asia, Latin America, Australia, the States, and these cultural aspects are so crucial to our being you know like the stoic nature of scandinavians or russian the kind of more like extrovert nature of latin america you know these things play a role in how we express emotions and and do these things and and you know the suffering of someone from scandinavia looks very different to the suffering of someone from latin america just because of how we're taught to express our emotions and how we we do that and so I think it's kind of important that you don't put or try I try not to put these preconceived ideas of like what's what happens through this. Yeah. And, I, and and the cultural thing for me is a very big one. And I really try to I really like to, to kind of get an understanding of like these cultural things that that influence yeah. us. Yeah. It certainly was very apparent yesterday. You know, like even it happens at such a micro level. Yeah. Like in Spain for example, like Catalan is very different from Madrid. So people of Barcelona hold a different identity than those of Madrid. Those of Spain hold a different identity than those of the UK. And then, you know, people from London hold a different identity from those of the, the North. And, you know, so you get all these like microcultures, macrocultures, and they're generalizations. But I do think they, well, they, they at least help me to accept things like kind of how people are a little bit more. You know, like you, you would understand that, you know, and there's all these little things. I actually started watching this TV program called Ted Lasso. Oh, I want to watch that. Yeah. It's supposed but, to be brilliant. Well, the thing is, is it captures that essence of culture very well. Because you've got an American guy going to the UK. And they capture the essence of British culture yes. very well. Our humour, I hope. Our humour, but also our culture, you know. Tea and biscuits. You offer someone a cup of tea, and that's like seen as a you know we're going way off topic here. Yeah, I know. We are like (laughs) we are very far away from uh, talking about the competition, but but you know that this kind of idea of tea, offering someone a cup of tea, like you go around someone's house in the UK and they offer you a cup of tea. They don't offer you a cup of tea. You're like, oh, what's wrong? Yeah. Whereas in Spain. You're never going to get offered a cup of tea. No. And it's not that anything's wrong. It's just that it's not culturally like that. And, and so it's trying, I don't know, trying to be kind of aware of these, uh, for me, trying to be aware of these aspects. But, you know, we're kind of like, uh, yeah. But like you say, I, I think, as you said, from the swim event, it opens up this whole like aspect of these emotional and psychological aspects play a big role in performance in certain events. They really do. Yes. And I think that, 
yesterday's big learning experience for everybody was still being processed for the rest of yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, after this swim event, what did we do next? Stone throwing. I didn't yeah. come to see that. What was yeah. that like? It was pretty cool. You know, like... We Why just... did you do that? Uh, again, this is part of the mini series, so the the scoring of the mini series is half weighted. But it was just like again, it doesn't have to be complex. Grab a stone, throw it as far as you can. How many attempts did they get to throw it? They had three attempts. We kind of made some boundaries around, like it had to be static. You couldn't cross a line. You had to throw it in a, a certain way just to standardize it a bit. But you know, in essence, we wanted to capture that like expression of power. Who won that? Um, I believe. Um, if I think back, I believe there was a tie in the males. Between uh, Rodrigo and Matush, maybe. You know, I think every single person won an event. Yeah, which is pretty cool. That is good. That shows good programming, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I think it shows the rounded nature. Because everybody won something. Yeah, I think so. Everybody took home a win. Yeah. And then yesterday evening, we had a mean pistol workout. Yeah, so, so... Then we had a quick turnaround. So we had this kind of interval-style workout with pistols, GHD, handstand walk. And then we went into the barbell cycling, 1 to 10, uh, barbell cycling directly into a snatch. So it's the clean ladder. Clean ladder, in up. essence. Yeah, it's more like yeah, barbell cycling, like clean ladder. One clean? One jerk, three. two cleans, two jerks, yeah. and so on and so forth. And the so, girls did 45 and the boys 17. Yeah, and then they had 12 minutes to do it and then remaining time, max snatch. So, you know, we had to, we didn't have to, but we wanted to get heavy barbell cycling. We wanted to get a lift event and we, mm. we wanted to score them in a way, you know, so they, that's why that, that event in that 12 minutes was kind of worth two yeah. events. It was intense as well. Yeah, it was intense. I think it played out well. Like, you know, that's kind of like classic CrossFit, you know, mm. like barbell cycling, heavy lift, the pistol event. I think at that point, you know, in terms of the programming now, as you go through the weekend starts to, cause, you know, we've thought about this a lot, think about it in different ways. We could have maybe, so we had like quite a lot of like kind of time upside down pressing. We had the handstand push-ups. We had the handstand hold. We had the handstand walk. Then we kind of had the snatch and the shoulder to overhead and that. And, and looking at it from that perspective, we got a lot of kind of like time yeah. hands overhead. So that was maybe something in the programming that kind of became a bit biased towards that particular Apparently motion. Apparently though, Amato complains about how sore his legs are. Yeah, and calves. This is also the interesting thing that actually none of the athletes are too bad in the shoulders. Mm. So that was a good sign. You know, people are a bit sore in the calves, probably from the sand and the doubles. People are a bit sore in the legs just from, you know, you need the legs to generate power. The jerk. Yeah, the jerk, the cleans, the running, the mm. cycling. You know, the legs just get used no matter what you're doing, really. And then today, final day. Final day. And again, it was a relatively chill day uh, in the sense that we had our final series, which is a sprint. Like 30 seconds sprint, 25 seconds sprint. With around a few obstacles on the finger. It looked like a little, um, I want to say football, what you were doing, like the dodges. Yeah. Like American football, most the way that you put the flags up. So they had to very quickly zigzag across. Yeah. So as part of the mini series, you wanted this like uh, short event again. And, you know, it was only, it was important that it was long enough that you could kind of see some separation, but we didn't want it to turn it into like a too taxing. You know, mm. none of the mini series were that taxing on the athletes. So really, it was like, ended up being eight events over four days. And then 
even one of those events was coupled. So the volume wasn't crazy. And a lot of them, like a swim, for example, is not that physically taxing. No. You know, we had a run on a bike. Again, for the kind of the distance that we did, again, not that physically taxing. So the last one was a mash. Yeah, that, a mash. I'm, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to say that was physically taxing. Yeah, exactly. It's hard, it's, it's hard to do CrossFit not having it physically taxing. <laughs> yeah, so we wanted a chipper. I mean, the programme... Is, uh, does a mash every week, yes. don't you? Every weekend. So uh, anyone who follows the program on their Instagram yeah. will know about the mash. Anyone who does it on a Saturday morning, you know, is uh, going to know about the comp. They're very comp- like, a mishmash of all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But actually, the way that you programmed it, like everybody came out all complaining about not complaining, mentioning uh, the heavy kettlebell. But then the other things was like some people were okay with the strict handstand push up, um, strict pull ups. Some people were okay with the burpee box jumps, but they weren't both okay. You know, yeah. so we'd go one way or the other. Yeah. So we, the kind of design of this one was like just wanted to get the heart rate high, kind of you know going going on the machine automatically, like you're you're going to be going and breathing. Mm. And you've got like high wall balls again. Not in a big ret scheme, but she's going to jack the heart rate. And then you go into burpee box jump. Again, just classic movement. That's not too complex, but it's like you're just breathing, just suffering a bit. But then actually, as you start going into these strict pull-ups, heart rate comes down. Then as you get onto the kettlebell, it's just like, it's heavy, awkward. And it, we just wanted this kind of piece in the middle. Mm. It was a bit muddy and a bit murky. And, uh, and quite long, 40 reps on each arm. Yeah, 40 reps on each arm. Some movements easier than others. And they couldn't swap. They had to do 40 reps on one arm and then go to the other Exactly, arm. yes. And so the guys, I think we, you know, it was like the 32 was good for the guys. Um, the girls, probably the level we had, we could have taken that down to 20 to mm. get kind of a similar stimulus to the guys. Like Veronica and Maria would have probably just needed like one, two more minutes to finish. Yeah. So the time cut wasn't too far off. So I think that if they'd have 20, we'd have probably had, say, three, three, uh, three yeah. finishers. So we have Matus and Veronica as the winners. Yeah. I think that on the guy's side, like Matus was uh, kind of favourite going in. Yeah. He's older. He qualified for European semis. And um, and so, you know, those two, it just qualifying for European semis in of itself is like puts him in that favourite mm. position. And he came, he executed and, and, and did well. And I think he's going to have a bright career ahead of him. And that's the that's what we wanted to achieve with the crown is like this bridge point between the um, the teen and the the elite. Yeah, and he's well on his way there. And the girls, I think, was you know they swapped we, the lead all the way through. Yeah, I was going to say I think like pretty much the like I think Kiara was winning at the end of the first day, yeah. and then Emma, and now Veronica, mm. and like you know everyone kind of had like their they're mixed through so the girls was very up and down and then you know veronica had like a couple of good finishes which just put her on the, on the top of the podium so i guess uh the big question is are you going to do this again yeah we are when uh, so we're going to run it again next year um in the same format in, in a similar format there's a couple of things that i'd like to change but so you've got to understand that we this came together quick mm. because of the issue with the equipment supplier yeah that we had this like turned around in a very yeah. <laughs> different way. And so there are a few things that, you know, obviously now with more time, we I would like to open up 
um, a qualification process for some of the spots. Mm. So it's not just invite only, but actually athletes get an opportunity to qualify in. So it could be like a good goal for someone who's like 18, 19 yeah, exactly. years old. Once they've got through the teen bits before they can really move on to the next stage. Exactly. It's like filling that limbo position. Yes. It's um, It's been... Really fun to be part of this, and I need to stop this interview after I'm being dived on my mosquitoes. Yeah, the mosquitoes, <laughs> you know, if we had to add something to improve, yeah, mosquitoes. We've done very well sitting here swatting things yeah, away. Yeah, mosquitoes are uh, a nuisance. But, you know, in essence, I, I do think there's things that I would like to improve, we as a team would like to improve. But, you know, I believe that uh, the partners that we had coming in, so we had really nice support from Nike and from GoWad. We'll be debrief uh, with the sponsor over the next few weeks, but I, I believe they were both happy with... Really nice support. I mean, they yeah. actually physically came here. Yeah, exactly. Which I think is immense. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm lucky that... I, I'm, I feel lucky that they... You know, I came to them. Hey, guys, mm. you know, I've got this idea. Yeah. They're like, what is it? <laughs> yeah, you know, what the fuck is this? And so I feel very lucky that they believed in believed in me and believed in this idea and mm. I, I really do appreciate that from them you know and, and there's also you know those were kind of our, our main parts to really put in but then we've also had like support as i say from the owner of rib club who yeah. lent us a boat from tristan from lorenzo from pixel you know from all of these guys who want to see the the athletes succeed they kind of come and help us and, you know and also from you guys from the media team from chris lizanne who's been here all weekend uh cooking, cooking. everybody's dinners every yeah. day you know with a smile on her face with a smile on her face uh, you know the whole media team it's like you know everyone deserves a shout out for this because everyone was a part of making the special and uh and i really do appreciate that and you know i want to show that support as we move forward to, to that team but but yes, in essence, you know, it's cool being part of the team. Yeah, and I think people want to do it again. Yeah, you know, it's like how can we how can we make this better? Like I think we really nailed a lot of things, um, and it was a big risk from myself that I took and possibly placed. You know that it could have gone two ways, but you know I'm really happy, and also I'm really happy that you know some media have been covering it, like you know Peter from. Coffee pods and woods. Coffee pods Big and shout woods. Out for him and yeah, Barber but Smith. exactly being able to and put it onto Barbara's and morning chalk cup. You know, being able to cover this 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 event of the teens, which we know the future generation of sports are so important. So everyone believing in that mission is really nice, and I, I feel it's nice to have support in making that happen. I spoke to Maria Jose earlier, mm. and um, she said uh, that it this that just having the kind of attention and having the spotlight on them this weekend meant it meant so much to them yeah and that like at, for example at the games they might be the fittest teenagers in the world but nobody goes to watch them no, that's, so, and that's one of the inspiration like you know so that's uh so she really appreciated the like this uh, like new format honestly it's i find it very sad like at the games and you've got like these masters or team doing basically you know a workout in an empty field like you know you go to because the, the stadium's sad when there's no one there and you're kind of working out through yeah. it, you know, and that's what we didn't want to happen, mm. and that's why the kind of first, you know it feels like the first edition, but this is kind of the second edition yeah. <laughs> of where we are. Well, I was there on the first edition, exactly, well. you know, and uh, and so people have been like, you know, actually we we did have the support from Nike in a different way, but on that first edition, mm. so I feel very happy to be able to have that continuation through as well. 
But, you know, for me, this format also works better. You know, I, I don't like competitions where there's like huge amounts going on. I feel like you were pretty chill, actually, this weekend. It was all kind of more or less happening at the right times. Yeah. And um, and then it felt like everybody knew what they were doing. I feel like Rumsey's hating on my John time. A little bit of the John time is, is overrunning now. <laughs> but yeah, Rumsey's, Rumsey's allowed to complain. She's been an integral, very important part of... Uh, oh, Rumsey's, uh, Rumsey's ended up... You know, she's accumulating years with us now through various things from... She was, an, she was an athlete in the comp in 2019. Rumsey was athlete podiumed comp 2019 and, you know, has all of a sudden, you know, she's travelled with myself, with all the athletes, Jacqueline, Christoph, Gabby, been to Texas, been to Dubai, come out to Plymouth during, you know, Rumsey's, uh, Rumsey's like uh, become a very integral part of all of these. Yeah, so I, I also I was super happy to see her, like, I you know I caught, it's sometimes hard to follow. It has been a busy uh a very busy four days, but you know, just seeing Rumsey kind of uh, presenting. She's with evolving. The athlete. Yeah, exactly. And it's really nice to see. Yes, really see. It's really cool. So big shout out to Rumsey. Yeah, it's just nice to be. You know, nice to see that. Nice to be a part of that. Anything else? <sighs> no, I mean, I you know, I think we went justifiably off topic and <laughs> in lots of ways, but uh, but you know, I think everyone wants to sleep. Yes. You know, keep following along. The we've got some very exciting stuff planned for. You know, telling the story of this, yes, and and letting everyone in on what we've been doing, mm. and then you know, stay tuned for twenty four. Congratulations to everyone who was part of this amazing team. I was really happy to have been there as well. Hopefully, you were following along on their Instagram over the weekend, and some of that interview just made sense to you. There should also be some articles and, of course, a documentary being released about the experience. So please follow along, as ever. I am your host, Vicky McLeod, and this episode has been edited by the ever-patient Marta Vidal-Candel. Until next time, thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod. <laughs> <laughs>